Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Ah, ah, ah. Welcome back to Nerd Nahoto. Ah. I'm Evan. What's up? Hi, I'm David. I, I just came back from the dead. I'm Nathaniel. <laughs> you sound like a thing more clever to say. <laughs> you sound like a very peppy zombie. <laughs> zombie. <laughs> Oh, I should have just said brains. Yeah. It's uh, David. You just react. I'm yeah. Evan. Brains. No, no, don't even, a... don't even do that. Just go. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just say you sound like a David. You sound like a very uh, literary zombie. Brian. Brains. Oh. I'm a smart zombie. I need smart people. Brains. I'll just I'll just be Dracula in the corner. <laughs> or just be Sylvester Stallone, aka the real living zombie. <laughs> Watch my movie. <laughs> my movie. Are there vowels in there? <laughs> it's like, I think that was only vowels. <laughs> or turning into Arnold. Put the cookie down. Come on, do it. Kill me. Come if, on. Could you imagine what Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger's like forbidden love child would sound like? And then I if can't. that child had a child with Rupert Gottfried, what that would sound like? Just, it'd be a German man. It'd be... Oh, I don't know. It's just like he only screams. He's... Dude, you remember him from Cyberspace? How he was the bird from Cyberspace? And how Christopher Lloyd was the bad guy? And how PBS actually had good people doing the voice acting Holy, for this stuff? I have like... I wish I could seen my feathers, but they keep molting. That is really good. I like that. <laughs> That's also my Bernie Sanders impersonation. Right? We should tax the 1%. That's a little too high-pitched and loud. You have to pause between the words that actually have things other than A-E-I-O-U and sometimes Y. <laughs> we must tax the federal... Marijuana. <laughs> it's like marijuana. Federal what? <laughs> Say it, Bernie, please. We must tax the federal marijuana and have hope. Yeah. Industry. <laughs> hope. Bush. And then his face peels to the back of his head. <laughs> Just like no, no, no. The, the paper clips that are holding his face. <laughs> Just they're like holding his skin face back. Just go back. He's just like, yeah. Bernie, are you having a stroke? No, hold on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he just and you just seems go. Yeah. He has, just need more coffee. He's got flex tape on the ready, already cut for it. Just here. <laughs> and I'm back to make more stupid laws. It's like, where did you learn that trick from? Hillary Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever right. see that one debate where like Ron Paul's eyebrow fell off? He yes, had, like fake eyebrows <laughs> on. Yes, I do remember it that. Was, it was just. It oh was my amazing. gosh, <laughs> dude! Both parties are just garbage. They're so bad right now. I really hope the Libertarian Party takes this opportunity to be like. Well, we know what we're doing. <laughs> no, just someone needs to come up and go like, okay, we we, we recognize everyone's crazy. Right? Ron Swanson yeah. for president. No, please. We would please. have like absolutely no government. Thing please. That's the like whole point. Zero government. That was the point. Yeah. yeah it's just too much. Uh, it's look, getting to the point where they're just repealing old laws that were approved and then repealed again and no, then yeah, just no, recirculated. No, that, no, that's, what, that's, that's just what they do. They, yeah. <laughs> they they set up new laws, repeal the old ones, and then as soon as someone else from the other party gets in, they repeal those and put the old ones back in. But it's, it's like there's like residue from each law and it's just like yeah. so confusing. Oh no, that's the problem. That's the problem. Each each policy wrecks the country yeah. one way or the other and then the oh, other one I... has to try to fix it by putting in another policy that yeah. was used two decades ago that didn't work. And I, so, I hate state legislators because something as simple as Okay, so Coordinate Island, how they, they were like, we don't want Airbnbs here because it's ruining property value. Just take a piece of paper and say, no Airbnbs in Coronado because it's ruining property value. Instead, they have a 14-page assessment of what this legislation means to mean. You are wasting so much time. And on, the way they like phrase everything, yeah. there's so many loophole yeah, possibilities. Exactly, and that's on purpose because they're just like, well, what if somebody else doesn't like that idea? All right, I make it so it'll be repealable in four years. It's fine. Uh, it's like, God, I, I think hate this is people. the first time we've actually gotten into politics on our podcast. Yeah. yeah, I know, and we're about to lose half of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you lost me. 
I mean, that being said, that's how every good county guns. food was Neither made. Somebody sugar. was just like, I like ice cream. With that being said, um, <laughs> speaking of cancer, um, uh, no, 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 it's okay because it's Halloween, so you know, killing and stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. what? Yeah. Um, speaking, yeah. So anyway, speaking of cancer, uh, Venom sucked in the box office and got like a. Actually, it did. The critic wise, it did poorly. Box office wise, it's do, it broke records. I'm sure it did, but I saw it. It was good. Really, it was it was legitimately good. It was not an amazing movie, but it was good. <laughs> it's not the I, amazing. I, I love. I, I kind of do love that. It was just like it. It wasn't amazing, but it was decent. <laughs> it was I know. It was... No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I feel like that's fair because I feel like a lot of people went in with their expectations like way down here. Yeah. And then if it meets anything above that, even even by a slight margin, it's going to be way better. I don't yeah. think I've talked to like anyone who said it was bad. Everyone's just like, yeah, it was a good movie. The thing yeah. is, though, I've heard that Tom Hardy and or I was like, Eddie Brock and Venom's relationship is like really good in the sh- in, in the movie, and it's like and it's fun. I don't. I go, heard. Yeah. I heard that like Act One slow. Act two is like the best part of the movie, and then act three is just a jumbled mess. Would, would you say that's a fair synopsis? Um, I wouldn't say the last one's like a jumbled mess. It's like a little too much CGI. Okay. Maybe that in that mm. sense, it's a little bit okay. like of a jumbled mess. But it's just a big CGI fight at the end. It was like surprisingly funny. I'm like, I didn't know this movie. Was, I thought it was gonna be like too edgy, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I would actually say for like eight bucks or something is definitely worth a watch. <sighs> I think a lot of what probably people don't like is just Tom Hardy being Tom Hardy. The biggest and thing, okay, my, actually the biggest problem for me with the movie was Tom Hardy's accent. I couldn't place it. It was just, it's just he Tom sounded Hardy. like a toddler. I don't know what was wrong with his yeah. voice. When was he, he was drunk and was he, he was, was he, like, was he supposed to be like from Brooklyn or something? I'm not sure. It's, 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 where does the movie take place? It looks like it takes place in San Francisco. No, it's San Francisco. It's, why does it take place in San Francisco? That is a very good question. I don't remember if it moves to New York. I don't think it does. It's just very confusing. His accent is just... That makes no sense, though. Yeah. I... Yeah, it didn't have, like, the most amazing story, but, like... Why? I don't know. It was good. I feel like... a lot of kids there... And it was just like... I mean, Venom Venom itself as the character looks good. Oh, he... I mean, to be honest... Yeah. Himself was definitely a character. He was like funny and just like yeah. It was like anyway. Anyway, yeah. It was it was it was not bad. It was it was above not, not bad. It was above not bad. Yeah. So not not bad. Adequate. Oh, wait, so bad. so it was okay. I would say it's more than okay. Really, it was like good. It was a solid movie. Hmm. It was not like it's not premium. No. Not but premium, definitely not, not premium. premium. So if you were to compare it to, let's say, Homecoming. Homecoming is like significantly uh, better. Okay. Homecoming, I think, is an amazing movie. Okay. I think Venom, in the sense that the last Venom we got was... Toe for Grace. <laughs> trash. And we needed something that actually represented the character Toe better. Toe for Grace, more like trash in your face. Yeah. Good one. <laughs> No, that was really bad. Make sure to add a, a rim shot at the, at the end of that one, please. Anyway. Oh, man. I think uh, I, I think I know what you're say, saying, David. When the bar's already set so low... You can only and, go and up. You can only go up. Right. And Which, that's where I kind of thought with this movie, where like everyone's kind of thinking, oh, wow, this is actually a lot better than I thought. That's the thing. Better than you thought. Everyone thought it was going to suck. Mm-hmm. Or thought it was going to be really bad or really forced. I but, when, was, but, uh, when it was, but when it was better than that, I think people were pleasantly surprised. They were like, all right. Yeah, I think uh, the same thing happened with Wonder Woman. There were just so many bad DC movies. People were like, oh, this is like the best superhero movie. It's like, no, it's like, it's a good movie. Nothing more. Yeah. Yeah, but I have a TV series uh, for you guys this week <gasps> uh, on our segment to binge or not to binge. No. Yeah. Oh. So I thought I'd pick a show that is kind of Halloweeny um, or Halloweenish. Let's maybe something like Frank and Weenie. No, actually, I was about to make a weenie joke. (laughs) So this is this is an older show, only three seasons. (laughs) I've watched the first two. Came out in 2013. Hannibal. You've been singing praises about this. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you were talking about that. I think it's my favorite show now. Wow. So obviously that is of all time. Yes. Wow. Um, It has probably one of my top three like favorite characters in any medium. Kirby. Um, Dude, Kirby sucks. <gasps> Oldest joke in the book, but... Oh. <laughs> so, uh, basically, Hannibal is a cannibal, which... Oh, that's so clever, Hannibal cannibal. Mm. But Hannibal Lecter is a psychiatrist. Good evening, Clarice. 
Yeah, so this is kind of just like a, it's a reimagining of Silence of the Lambs and just kind of expands on it. Um, but it, it's the characters from Red Dragon, the original book. Uh, I believe it was on NBC, so a lot of the stuff that they get away with this show is like, I don't know how they got away with this on like network TV. So there's just some of the just like grotesque, sick, perverted like gore, or so just per- like per- perverted. You say yes, like <laughs> no, for sure, definitely. Like <laughs> I love how you stopped. It's like that's the word you focused on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, grotesque is like more of a no, but uh, like there's just just very. It's twisted. like I almost very twisted, but it's like oddly like beautiful in a way and it's just like the 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 way they dive into the psyche of these two main characters um will graham and hannibal lecter the way they complement each other and the way they just combat each other it's more of an intellect game and they're both basically insane compared to other people but so will graham is working for the fbi and he is kind of their consultant and he goes around putting himself in the minds of these killers, of these psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he like figures out how they're thinking and and then Hannibal starts working with the FBI and they don't know he's the actual killer who who they call the, uh, well, I won't say that, but... Kind of pulls a Dexter almost. Kind of, yeah. It's yeah. like very, I think it's very Dexter-esque, but hmm. it's like, I think it's more intelligent. It's very intelligent. There's a lot of really memorable quotes that just sound like almost like i don't know like they're out of like a novel a book yeah or they sound like famous people said them they're just so well written and it's just the biggest there's just every single episode tops the other one in terms of like the crime scene and Mm -hmm. i'll only mention two of them just because i don't want to spoil it for people who actually will like you have to have like a pretty like tough stomach to watch this like mo- I think the reason the show was canceled. Well, that's me out. <laughs> I think the reason the show was uh, canceled after three seasons is because most people probably couldn't handle the show. Like there was this one yeah. scene where there was this guy. Um, he was basically. They opened up his chest, took out all his organs, and he was replaced with flowers of different types that symbolized like different types of poisonous flowers, and then it was like the the roots of the tree were like grown into his legs, and he was like there were like these branches and flowers on top it was just so disgusting and like weird like graphic yeah really graphic and then there was another one where they found this dead horse with a dead person sewed inside of its belly with a live bird inside of that person's chest cavity and it's just like it's i've never seen any show that does anything like this and it's like why though huh why that's exactly the thing. I don't know. I'm just really drawn to it. Not like in a, I really want that, but it's just like, <laughs> maybe this show is just I, for I crazy cer- people. I certainly hope. Yeah. <laughs> it was then he, he realized. Plot twist. Yeah. But yeah, Dang. it's, it's, Plot twist, I am Hannibal. it's My very, God. it's very difficult to recommend the show because it's so messed up. But if right. you can handle that stuff, definitely watch it. It's where, it's where would rush. one find a, a medium to watch this? I believe you can watch it on Amazon Prime uh, video or you can just buy it somewhere. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really have many places you can watch it unless you have some sort of streaming subscription. But binge, if you're crazy, yes. If you're if you're a normal person, do yourself a favor and stop being normal. Get crazy. Dang. Uh, Get crazy. That's a quote. So, so two bi- so two binges up. <laughs> two binges. Two binges. You're gonna need to do careful on how you pronounce that. I was, I was gonna say, what's you, up, binges? You, no. <laughs> my binges. <laughs> I was gonna say you may need to do some binge drinking after the show. I don't know. Depends uh, on what type of person you are. Mm, oh man, I see. I so, I am that? I am not one. I am I'm the one for like the weird supernaturally stuff. But that's the one. Blood guts and gore is what gets me. Where it's just like. Oh, like yeah, I cannot like a, watch. This, some it's like some psycho could actually do this in real life. Yeah. Almost. Like the. Yeah. I think yeah. I think that's the the crazier part with with some of the gore and some of like the the slasher murderer type things that people get afraid of because that's something that's like relatable. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it's like oh like someone could just grab a knife and stab me like immediately. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I on my Facebook page I had it was like uh, it's like a gym page where it's just like 
because for a time it was like unique different workouts and stuff and i was subscribed to it for that because i had this 30 day thing but anyway like routinely go to the gym wow (laughs) no i was asking i i i did and then i worked out from home because it's honestly better and more convenient and cheaper yes cheaper and buying like a set of weights that are like five pounds through 40 pounds is cheaper than a year subscription to 24-hour fitness right and i don't have to deal with greasy people at the the gym who don't wipe down stuff (laughs) yeah but i i it's like routinely i i cut it's like almost once or twice a month they they always post the video the of the chick or the guy on the bench press doing too much on the legs and then he locks his knees and like i have to just scroll down super fast because just seeing things like that where your knee just goes the opposite way like the Mm. the dude from monsters inc where his knees are backwards like (laughs) that's like and then arms arms or arms and legs like i don't mind people getting like stabbed and shot like in movies or in video games, that's different. But anything with ligaments, like where I'm just like, ah, please no. Yes, do not watch hands. Uh, like so, that just irks me. That's the question. That's the question. That's the question. Oh. So that was that yes. was Nathaniel's segment, and it works well that it works well we can go right into david's discomfort because we're talking about horror movies today so um horror movies in a nutshell they started Pretty much like when movies became a thing back in the 50s, you know, with, with moving picture. Yeah. Um, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Black and white images and they're yeah. moving on the screen. Right. Um, they uh, Horror movies became a thing around that time uh, with, you know, uh, Alfred Hitchcock's The um, uh, Psycho, mm-hmm. uh, Wolfman, Dracula, mostly monster movies. Um, and they kind of they took a shot at people's you know, deepest, darkest fears of like mm-hmm. monsters and the unknown. That was the idea. Now movies, you know, horror movies are kind of just kind of going off like shock value and trying to see like how many jump scares can we fit into this movie and like have it feel legit. Mm-hmm. So gentlemen, the question I posed right. to you. And you're saying in general, not all, right? Not all, not right. all, not no. all. There are definitely some movies and we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to some movies that we think kind of break the mold. Mm-hmm. Um, so to say, but gentlemen, um, yes. Can you? Uh, what can you say um, is Hollywood's biggest problem now with most horror movies when it comes to just like producing them? What do you think the biggest issue is? They're cut and paste. Like Halloween's coming out again. Why? Again. <laughs> I think what was wrong I, with the I, first one? I, what was wrong with like the first three? Yeah. Like, Why like do we need more? Like that's my problem is originality in Hollywood has gone so far to the wayside where everything's just being recycled now and it's running on that 30 year cycle that everyone talks about how you're going to get the same movies that come back like how uh, Megalodon or the Meg came back and it's you know Jaws was so long ago that you know it's almost like you need a new version of that like routinely to come up and that's my problem is there's nothing that's honestly original in, in the horror like in the horror genre itself including video games and like you said it's become jump scares that are just routinely planned you can almost brace for it because you can like see the timing oh someone's walking into a room and there's no lights there's a jump scare in like the next five minutes oh there's the jump scare and now i wait for the next jump it's there's no more like situational Mm -hmm. horror Mm -hmm. split was fantastic for that because split made everybody aware of what was the plot and when you watch it new the whole thing is the anticipation and the anxiety of when is it going to happen when you know when is something going to crack and that i enjoy in new movies when when you make use of a situation or the environment to be your horror film like war of the worlds when it played on the radio a lot of people because of how authentic and real and how situational it was a lot of people believed it was real life wow. and i feel and like, like people in, like jumped off bridges and like yeah because really? they thought yeah. the end of the world was there yeah oh yeah I and was, oh yeah it was a thing oh yeah and I, that's what i wish would happen not people jumping off bridges <laughs> yeah. i was like uh phrasing but, but that's my point is that honestly if you want a good horror film to impact you 
it it'll last outside when you walk out of the movie theater it seems like jump scares they're just so temporary and quick that you can't absorb what happened it's just a jump and then when you leave you're, you're not affected by it it's not in your consciousness you're not just like that you know that lingers in your mind and that's my problem it's just unoriginality and the staleness of the horror mm. so that's my problem anyway nathaniel yeah, I think with uh, just really short on jump scares, um, I mean, I, just briefly. Um, so jump scares, I think they don't have uh, substance. It's just they're, they're always a silence or a decrease in, in like noise and suspense and uh, like an increase in suspense and then they just hit you. And a lot of movies like even don't even break up the amount of time in between jump scares. So you like even expect them. And some of them will add like one or two seconds of extra suspense compared to the previous jump scare. And sometimes there are like more, like less predictable jump scares, but it's always just right. like very mm -hmm. cheap and it just yeah. exploits you. Yeah. And it's yeah. not really being scared, it's just being surprised. Yeah. Right. And so, in terms of uh, horror films, I feel like I agree with David a lot. I, I think one of the biggest problems is tro they're just really tropey. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just like there's the whole like, Teenagers in I was love. Say, there, there, there's cliches checklists that yeah. a lot of movies are checking off. Where it's like, do we have the two stupid teenagers with like the relationship where they're like in love, but they have like they're like reservations uh, or whatever reservations or whatever, or they're like having a fight and then they one of them dies or like both of them die because of being stupid or they're like in a car, and then the person going towards the door that's obviously not where you should be going. You should obviously run out of wherever you are. And mm -hmm. it's just there's so many of these tropes that. It's almost as if, yeah, they have a checklist and they're like, no, we need to have this in here for it to be a horror movie. And it's like, no, like, you, in order to have a good horror movie, I feel like you should make a person, like, sense fear. Or mm -hmm. that should be, like, the main purpose, not fulfilling all these tropes and, like, having... Right. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest issue I have is that, um, like, a lot of movies, a lot of these movies, the characters are, like, paper thin. Mm -hmm. and, most, and mostly... I'm not saying this is why, but just from what I can gather from watching them, is what I what I see is that it all, they almost have this mentality of like, well, you know, there's no reason for you to get attached to them because they're going to die anyway. So, you know, you shouldn't. This is just more like kind of introducing you to what this person is like by throwing a bunch of stereotypical um, actions at you, have a bunch of exposition thrown at you from another character or from that character themselves because that's just what you do you just walk in and go like hey what's up i'm a smoker and i do this kind of stuff and this is my personality because that's just how you introduce yourself to people and that's or how you interact with people. like oh it's like a letter being read in voiceover it's just like, uh, right uh, or yeah even that which narration yeah. is stupid but and i think hollywood has kind of fall has kind of fell into this trap of it being well these characters aren't going to be here at the end so you don't really need to get to know them that much. You really just need to know about the one character who's going to survive at the end. And that is the one character that gets the most development that actually gets an arc, which even then it's not that much of an arc. It's no. very superficial. And like they, oh, I have, uh, I have a fear of separation because my mom left me. And my mom, my mom left me and my dad when I was younger. And now I've conquered that because I did this. And it's like, okay, good for you. But like, what did that have anything to do with the story? Right. It's just unnecessary. Like, like you said, it's almost like paper mache character building. Oh, yeah. It's just like, okay, let's give him tattoos. Let's make him smoke maybe one or two cigarettes and have a attitude and then give him a new york accent that's all he needs yeah and so. then now you know he's the bad he's the the new yorker bad boy and that's right. all you need to know about him and he's gonna he's gonna be the third death you already know yeah and yeah so so like i mentioned before um some of the classic horror movies where you know alfred hitchcock who is like the king of suspense mm -hmm. um well how do you guys think you know those movies did it right compared to a lot of the ones now like what do you think what do you think were some of the things that made those good and made those classics that even now they do kind of stand they do kind of they do stand the test of time with being suspenseful movies even though mm -hmm. we we know the stories and we know how they end but they right. i can still watch some of those movies and feel like suspense watching those movies yeah i mean i'll, I'll leave it up to you guys because i haven't seen many of them okay 
Well, mine, uh, a lot of those at that time, the Alfred Hitch, I mean, Twilight Zone. Right. And a lot of those at that time, what they did different was they didn't just throw you right into the scares. They didn't throw you right into it. A lot of it was plot and environment building. They wanted you to understand where people are, what's going on and why, you know, why things are the way they are. And then they give you the scares. Then they give you, you know, the actual the what you're after when watching a scary anything is the the suspense and the anxiety of watching something turn out horribly mm-hmm. so they especially hitchcock he had just such a way with building a character by making it so not obvious but he he made it so the character kind of told his story without actually him saying oh i'm from boston i'm from you know and making it completely obvious you know who the character was like we said earlier it's, it doesn't make it cut and dry you have to kind of figure out how he thinks what he wants what he's doing and uh yeah that's uh, and even so he showed he didn't tell yeah well even when you take uh when you take some that are in like the sci-fi horror genre like uh, like alien and uh uh the beneath or like ones like that a lot of its environment ton like most of the scary movies that I don't like are the ones where you're not in the environment and you can like, I've said this so many times where you can like literally just take yourself out of the movie and just be like, all right, just look around the theater. It's like not engaging it. You don't, you don't get sucked into the world. And that's my biggest problem with movies is when you have no world building and you have no like draw to have an interest in it, you literally just end up with you're sitting to wait for the part that's scary and then you're going to leave. So that's that's i mean that's hitchcock in like in spades he had he had all of that he could he could start you know he could start from nothing and there's a lot of interviews where he you know people would go over to his house parties and he'd just come up with a story out of the top of his head and it'd be scary mm. for and, and it's just like he he has his way of, of getting you into what what the story is about getting you into the environment and like putting yourself in that place and yeah nowadays it's like it's all third person like it's it's not immersive at all you don't get into the the environment of it so yeah i would definitely agree with that i think i think now i think people especially i mean mostly you know producers in hollywood and things like that i think they they kind of fall into this mold of um, kind of just going back to what you said, just copy and paste. And I think they go back to this kind of thing where it's like, well, I mean, they do okay. These kind of movies do okay. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll change the, you know, we'll change the, uh, we'll change the main character from a boy to a girl this time. Uh, they'll be in college this time. And the the crux of the entire thing will be, a, and they have like a dartboard that they just go, uh, uh, demon. Okay, cool. How does right. the demon get there? We'll figure it out. Yeah. And it's, I feel like a it lot is, of it's... Or we won't figure it out. It is... Or, yeah. or, or we won't. Yeah, that's true. And then it won't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's all like the gallows. That, gallows didn't know what it wanted to be. That was, oh, it was like that a, fa- it was like was a found so footage, a found footage thing that made you think there was, like, it was like a murder mystery and then it turned out to be a ghost. And it's like... Yeah. It just turned out to be just a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> it turned out just to be a crappy movie. Yeah. And, no, absolutely. It's... <laughs> It's almost they get in this this groove of mediocrity where they know they'll make a certain amount if they only spend such a bare minimum on it. And right. there's so many like different cases in that where that's not the case. Like Paranormal Activity was like one of the lowest budgeted movies, but yet it made so much. Well, the first one. The yes. first one. The rest of them. The, after the second, third, and fourth one, and yeah. fifth one. It's, it's got to like, be ridiculous. It's kind of get to the point where like, okay, these aren't. Found the, this, yeah. is, this, is, this is a story you're manufacturing. You yeah. And like, that's what... That's exactly what it's like. Is it's almost remember, taking the easy do you, way out. Do you out. remember seeing the fourth one? I, I stopped at second. Stopped second I one. stopped at second. The, four, the fourth one it keeps it keeps expanding on the, the the whole like witch coven thing. Really? Yes. And at the very end of the fourth one, it's like it's <laughs> just set up the scene. This this little girl is running looking for um, this little kid, and it and she turns around and the entirety of the witch coven like like at least a hundred witches are just behind her walking in in the dark and it's just like there's a teenage girl in the back in my backyard send everyone <laughs> and 
And I'm just, I remember watching it going like, why yeah. are they all there? When yeah. did they get there? How? And I remember asking these questions and then it ends and it's like, oh, all right, whatever. It's just the middle finger to me. Yeah, I yeah. don't care. I don't care about resolution. It, 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 I think I think that's the issue too. I think a lot of times uh, movies, especially now that the MCU is such a thing, I think a lot of a lot of movies want to almost make a connected universe, kind of like what The Conjuring did with mm-hmm. with Annabelle yeah. and um, and The Conjuring Two. The I think those and then and then with a the nun now with the most recent entry in that whole universe. Mm-hmm. I think I think they want to leave it up for they want to kind of leave some movies open ended so they can add to it and make, yeah. and make more lore because they because then it's more money yep. and it's, it's like how, to how, how can we yeah, yeah they already yeah. have all these things they could just draw from yeah. yeah no exactly it's basically just coming up with a whole board of of story ideas and then just grabbing a few making a movie out of that and go like okay we'll leave it open-ended so then we can do uh uh they yeah. just like they just put all the ideas in a hat and just right. like mix them up and pull out three, and it's a high school story about a yeah. girl who finds a magic box. Make it, and <laughs> and and then and then you get seven wishes, and that's and that's just how that's just yeah. how those movies are made. I yeah. feel like it's just it's just like a like a, a hat grab where yeah. they just they just make it up as they go along. Yeah, I really agree with David. I think it's motivated by money. They're just like we make enough of a profit from this where. We put so little effort into it, and we make enough of a profit to where, why even try? Yeah. yeah. Why even pull pull off like why put in risk into actually making a scary movie? Something that could be really good. Could yeah. be really good if it if we put like too much effort into it, it might not make the money back. Let's just be safe and just make our money back. That's Rather kinda, than let's make a really good scary movie. Yeah, and that's kind of the worst part is you're gonna, even now we've ended up in kind of a lull where. Movies today, the 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 idea of a high budget horror film doesn't exist anymore, Mm-mm. because if anything can be produced at underneath three million, which is the rough budget of any kind of horror film. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you like can even, you could even go lower. Than oh that. yeah, you could. That's like, like that's that's cap. not even that's not even rough minimum. That's yeah, like, you could you could go below a million and make a and make a, a low budget horror movie. Yeah, I'd yeah. say the highest budget like horror film was like medium budget. Yeah, we won't go above that. And that's what's crazy is that. Even besides horror film, it's it's like it's a sweeping thing across all of all of the cinema audiences are getting used to these like found footage, low budget, you know, continuous B roll pan shot, weird, you know, just I'm tired. Of get, I'm, tired I, I'm tired of like, getting nausea from watching this dude film vertically. Yeah, I hate, I know. It's like oh, look I, at that, and you know it. When when high budget horror died was when Cloverfield was a bust, and that's when found footage like that started to be like kicked off because between well that drawed a lot of inspiration well, no, from Salem the, Blair, uh, Blair, Blair Witch Project yeah, started it. yeah and the and the Salem Witch Project which a lot of people a lot of people actually had to walk out from that theater because the shaky cam thing was actually making yeah people nauseous. I believe same, that same same thing with Cloverfield they had to leave the re edit that was released. It was a few years ago on Blu-ray with less shaky cam. They they used a stabilizer to try and make it a little <laughs> more solid. And was it noticeable? It was very noticeable because we have <laughs> we have the original one in my house on VHS. This really dates me, but um, we have the original one that my dad recorded off of cable. Oh wow! I had cable oh, on VHS, <laughs> and then my brother got the Blu-ray. I forget why. I remember. Oh, because we thought we lost it. We put it. We put a whole bunch of VHSs in a box, and we thought we lost it. And then my brother Ryan was like, "Oh, well, which movies?" And this was like just when we got the Blu-ray player, and so he just bought a whole bunch of the movies that we lost. Um, but yeah, there was a noticeable change. They they purposefully like made sure they stabilized it so it wasn't as like I'm on a roller coaster because somebody has cerebral palsy with this camera. <laughs> it's like, come on, <laughs> filming with a peg leg. Yeah, I'm like, I hate and. Like Cloverfield to me, that was literally the worst depiction of found footage a horror film could have. It was the the whole plot of it was you didn't know what it looked like, and that almost made it even worse. Is because they did the whole uh, the two thousand and three Godzilla thing where they never actually showed the monster in the film, but they did like the big billboards where it's like Godzilla's this tall, or they'll be like on a bus and they'll say, "Oh, Godzilla's tail is this long," or whatever, and and like. They did that, but with with a horror film, and then the payoff 
was terrible. This ugly looking like fish amoeba looking fish kind of something. And it's just like, I don't find this scary. It's like, at least with Alien, it was just like, okay, like, you know. the Xenomorphs look terrifying. They, they look terrifying. This thing was just like, this looks like a, like a Pokemon. <laughs> a really big, a really, fat, ugly Pokemon. Yeah. I'm just yeah. like, this looks terrible. This looks like one of the cut Godzilla, like, rivals. It looks terrible. It was like, Yeah, it was like a Godzilla rival reject. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it didn't make the cut, it didn't quite make the cut. And that's what, that's what ruins high budget horror is that when they put so much money in the pot and then they think it's going to do well if they just market the movie enough. And then when it tanks, it doesn't matter because they've got all these people that bought the ticket. But then there's that resale value where, oh, we want people. And you want to be able to love a scary movie enough to where you're like, you're going to tell your friends like, yo, let's go watch this movie. You're going to like, it's so scary. Like, I I enjoy movies like that. The Conjuring did that. I've like, I've watched it like four times in the theater with friends. And I'm just like, dude, this is not the awesome, like scary movies that we need. Yeah. And I was going to say, so spe- speaking, speaking of that, like what, what are some movies now that you think kind of break that mold? And kind of change it up to where now it's like, oh well, see that's that's we need more movies like that. So uh, you mentioned the Conjuring. The Conjuring, which... Split. Um, there, there's a few, there's a few outliers that I remember watching. I told you guys about High Tension. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That one was my like I've watched it once. I won't watch it again. It's that like wow. I I can't watch it again. There was one. But there's there was one movie that I man. I can't Touristo, see. which is another one, mm-hmm. which is a really scary like. That's like. You're on an island and you don't know and people are dying and it's like one of those things where it's it's a tribal kind of thing. People mm-hmm. are getting like limbs chopped off and it's super realistic. People are falling off cliffs and breaking their heads open. Ooh. Like they get stuck on this island because they're vacationing and then all their stuff gets stolen and it's kind of like like the group starts falling apart kind of thing. That's it, a really good movie. This is high, uh, high tension or is this no Touristo? Touristo. High tension. I told you guys it was the the French. Uh, it's a French film. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Where. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if yeah. you have not seen uh, High Tension, uh, find a non-virus-filled link and watch it. <laughs> it is it's horrifying. Yeah, it's such a. Uh, uh, there's this. There's a movie that came out with Jennifer Lawrence called Mother. Do you guys remember that one? Uh, I heard there was mixed reactions. To yeah. That. It, well, do you know why? Did you see it? I yeah. Oh, how was it? It's weird, dude. Yeah. But the thing is, though, like, it's not necessarily a horror. It's just it's kind of like it kind of goes along the lines of the Hannibal thing. At the end, mm. it gets really, really like disturbing weird yes it gets unsettling Mm. and i i I really i had a hard time finishing it because it because i felt so like i felt i felt wrong watching it it was it was terrible Mm. um i do you mind if go for it tell you no go for it so jennifer lawrence uh her character she has a baby Mm -hmm. and there's this like cult group that gathers in in her husband's house which is played by that one um the one guy from the No Country for Old Men, that dude, um, mm. he's like the father of the, and he, like, they they take the they take the baby from her, and it's like he's like, I I, I laughed when I first saw it because I because he's like crowd surfing, like and like <laughs> they're like they're like carrying him and everything, and she's frantically trying to get her baby back because the he, you know because they're all, and then oh so it's not a birth thing no okay no no he's he's been born and but they took her from him like while she was walking around with him and there he's like crowd surfing on these people and then they just they just break his neck the baby (laughs) yes oh and like you see him crowd surfing and then all of a sudden you hear like a loud snap and his head goes limp it's like it's so like and then all the noise cuts out and you see her like shocked face and it and they eat the baby they eat the baby that's why everyone had such a hard time that's why people walked out of that movie. and it, it was like visually they eat it yeah oh no, no yeah like the baby oh. the baby is like is eviscerated on this table mm. and people are like eating pieces you see them like going mm, 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 and yeah yeah i see like, like a baby yeah. tartar it was so weird <laughs> so that one is just more like shock though that one that one is just all shock value. yeah and that's kind of the I guess that's kind of the only other direction Hollywood goes nowadays is just to have like over shock value and get you disturbed enough to call it a horror film. Yeah, I think I have a couple of examples of film. One's French, I think. But uh, so The Witch, do you guys watch that one? 
Oh, I think so. The Witch. It it's was, very familiar. Yeah, it, it was like the people talk like old English kind of. They were like pilgrims. I do. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I that was one of the. Oh yeah, it, it, uh, the the chick uh, the chick from Split, right? I, she was in it. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, the uh, yeah the main the, 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 the main girl from Split's in it. Split's is in she? the witch. Yeah, she is. Okay. She's yeah, the, but, she's the older daughter. She's the oldest daughter. Familiar. Yeah, but there's like a goat that's like possessed by Satan and stuff. Yep. And it's like so. This is one of the horror movies that I've watched that actually instills like terror in me. Like I was actually. It's a lot of uncertainty. That's was, the idea. It was right? and, uh, like uh, David was saying earlier. A lot of it is like situational. Like the environment is just like very. It, it's terrorizing. And yeah. it has a good story. I think probably the worst part of the film is it was kind of difficult to understand how they like what they were saying just because yes. of the dialect. Um, but even watched enough Monty Python. It, it was the old Queen's English. <laughs> yeah, but it was like one of those examples where it was just like it was made really well. It had a good story, and it just what there was weren't really jump scares. It was just no. It was just situational, situational just like. Oh well, yeah, I, I yeah I watched it. Yeah, it's it's very much suspenseful. It, it's suspense. But the thing is, it's a suspense that builds throughout the entire movie exactly. because you don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Because and there's this sense of paranoia that falls over the family, and everyone starts accusing everyone of everything. And it's and crazy. And it has yeah. like those like shock moments, but they're more like to punctuate what's happening. Oh yeah, it's it's just to add. It's not to mm -hmm. it's not to get like a, a certain reaction out of you. And it's not yeah. like those shock moments are like those are the scary parts. No. Right. I mean, and I, feel like I, I mean, I will say when the baby just disappeared, that scared that like I was genuinely, oh, I was generally, I remember, I remember watching it and to myself, I just went, oh crap. I was <laughs> like, no, 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 don't I was do like, that. <gasps> I was like, <laughs> and another, another like film that I recently watched, um, probably the only film that's made me want to throw up. Wow, really? Uh, is Raw. Oh, I think I, I think I, know. I think it's a French film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it is uh, this vegetarian who's like forced to eat. Yeah, she meat, becomes right? like a cannibal. Basically. Yeah, she becomes a cannibal, right? Yeah. And the, yeah, so this film is like it has. I think it has a fantastic story. It's can, sort of a coming of age film, um, but for a cannibal. But for <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um, but it's like I was gonna this, say that movie. Like, I didn't see it, but it. it but How to it train your zombie? But it didn't. But apparently, from what I've heard, it does a really good job of like making you feel like it's actually like people that are being eaten. Yeah, it's just done <laughs> in a very like visceral, just like I don't know. It just feels like it could happen. It's just very real and raw, uh, and it has a good <laughs> I see story. What you that like it does have those shock value moments, but. It just has this suspense and just like it makes you disgusted and just like a scared. It's one of those few films that's not like it has a shock moments, but they're used. It adds well. to the story. It's not just part of the story. Right. And I think the biggest thing with that makes a horror film for me is mystery and good storytelling. Mm -hmm. you put those two things together and that's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Everything for, else falls. In for place. me, for me. I have to care about the characters, so like story building and then suspense. Like I need. So to have Get Out must have been fantastic for you to watch then. Do Get Out like that? That movie messed me up because yeah. like oh, I, man, I couldn't. I, there were times where I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be a comedy or a horror movie. Yeah. I couldn't tell. Like it was weird. That was a weird movie. Dude, I love that movie. Uh, and the thing is, well, watching it again like you you see all the hints that they drop like mm -hmm. you're like on what's really going on but you don't realize it at the time you think it's just a bunch of white people trying to act not racist <laughs> right which, which is something that you yeah which is the, that was the funny part which i thought is this supposed to be a comedy because this is like this seems like really like 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 this seems a lot like political satire but then yeah but then and that like the, makes it scarier yeah i know like yeah it makes sure. it makes a lot scarier and then you feel very unsettled because you're just like i don't know how to feel right now right and then you get to the end and you realize all those conversations that they were having oh no that that's because like this dude's for sale his body's for sale it's this yeah. really weird like switch then um the scary movie that i can think of that did that did such a good job that i i think is probably one of my favorite scary movies of all time and you might be able to guess what it is but i'm just gonna tell you anyway uh quiet place yeah oh yeah. absolutely yeah. now that That's movie i think i think one of my one of my my biggest rules for any movie any mm -hmm. story not even just talking about horror movies is show me don't tell me mm -hmm. and that movie literally does not literally shows you <laughs> everything it does not yep. tell you anything 
and it literally drops in. You don't know the family's name until you see their mailbox at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like you don't even know the name of the family. You don't even know their first name. Like the the thing is, though, you get the first name of the of the kid who dies in the beginning because yeah. the mom the mom holds a a, a frame with his name on it. But right. you have to look for that. Yeah. You have I didn't to pay even attention. Notice. Yeah, you have to pay attention. Yeah. You don't if, if you go through the movie and not pay attention to all the little details, you don't find out their names till the end. No. Or the credits. Right. It's, the a, credits. it's a great rewatch movie. That's what makes it so quality. And especially for, for Get Out as well. Like you said, when you watch it again, it makes it even worse because you pick up on what you didn't pick up on first. And mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. That, that one is such a hit, not only just because of how they did the movie, but even um, I have a lot of friends who they speak sign language or they're, they're deaf. They have deaf family members and they're like, it's a it's a movie I can watch with deaf people because they completely understand how it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's what makes it even more impressive is that not only is somebody who is sensorily unable to hear can also get scared at something that, you know, it's just the like like you said. It's the environment. It's you paying attention to things. It's you being sucked into the story that right. makes it so engaging. Yeah. And, no, I feel I feel like I'm part of the story. Yeah. No, and the thing that actually really helped with that is, ironically, in in the in, um, in Quiet Place, um, the lack of sound is what like pulled me into the story more. And mm. I don't know if you guys noticed when whenever they focused on uh, the daughter. Mm-hmm. Like all the background noise, like was gone, mm-hmm. right. to like emphasize like this is what you're, this is what she's hearing. You watched it in the the theater. Oh yeah, I watched it twice yeah. in the theater. The, too. Yeah, it was just the Titan X one, the one that has like the super fancy advanced whatever. It, it you could kind of hear how it it, you, it basically it's like they took a, a switchboard and cut the audio mm-hmm. when it switched to her. It was noticeable, oh, but yeah. on the when I remember watching it again in a normal theater and it wasn't as noticeable. But yeah, it's it's small details like that oh, just yeah. make it super cool and oh, yeah. and it's just I I had said this in like our podcast about this episode, but about the, movie. the, the it's it's mm-hmm. insane to me. Yeah, about the Quiet Place. It's just insane how these characters that say almost nothing, you become they are more developed and you become more attached to them than these other movies where the character will not shut up from prom <laughs> night or from yeah. from the remake of Carrie. That was garbage it's just it's just the phenomenal just they did a phenomenal job of just developing these characters yeah it's amazing yeah it's amazing how like you don't need a lot of dialogue and exposition no like shoved in your face to care about the characters and And there's this movie proves that yeah the best example there's a lot of i mean especially on the like having senses taken away from you is almost it seems like that movies like that like the fog and the mist oh, where you yeah. can't see things through the mist the mist the mist, mist jacked me up that was uh, like that was a great example of how you don't need a huge budget and you can tell by the cgi but you don't need a huge budget <laughs> to make a good horror film like situational and like things the monsters that looked okay yeah that's true i can't say it, it was it for, I mean, made me scared of it I was gonna say, it made me time, scared of it yeah that's true that's the, that's the other thing too you have to consider when that was yeah made. but like and then uh the fog which is also that's an oldie oldie that's another good one where you when you have like, things that, taken that away like from the you 60s wasn't it yeah it's late 50s early 60s something around yeah. there it wasn't it wasn't but, black and white but it was, no it was in color because i remember at the end yeah. when they're on the top of the lighthouse and the sun pierces through and and then it's like yeah yeah, so there but, was there was color in that movie. Yeah, so and that's what's cool is that a lot of the uh, a lot of the the fun of those movies is when you take something away from you to like make you pay attention more. Right, and it almost seems sad where they have to do that to get you engaged in something, but it, it's a clever tactic. I'd like to see something like that more in today's movies. And Quiet Place did that in Spades. It was a really 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 good movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's I wish we had movies like. Uh, the thing or the the blob the thing, the, do you remember the blob yeah, the thing and the blob those were good those too. are good because then it was just like you you worry for these people more than you care about their character development because you've seen them and then you see this thing like readily eliminating them one at a time and it, it gives you that you know that angst but yeah so um, yeah i think i think that was it was a good conversation it was more of a more of just like a fun little like thing going back and forth not really mm-hmm. a whole lot of structure but it was you no know, it was good i think i think i think the bottom line what we could take from this is hollywood you need to step up your game a little bit oh, yeah um but don't make like the exceptions the good ones make yeah the exceptions the bad ones yeah make make the exceptions the 
like the benchmark, the, the, the benchmark, the standard. Make that the standard. Don't yeah. make, don't make the poopy ones like the standard. Yeah, take cues from it. Yeah, learn from you it. You know, good good enough is okay, but don't give us more Stephen King reject books that shouldn't have been made a movie by M Night Shyamalan and has oh my gosh. <laughs> the worst plot known. Dude, M Night, you he like he had He's one a hit he, and miss. He, he well, the thing is that he had one like really good movie with um with Sixth Sense, and then yeah. and then he had Split years later, and then uh, everything else in between is just like what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you so much for joining us again on this episode of Nerd and Out. Um, thank you. I've this. I have been Evan. I today. I was and will be David forever. Amen. <laughs> I is forever and ever. Yes. Don't forget to check out our Facebook or Twitter. Yes. Shoot us an email at nerdingoutpodcast at gmail.com. Boom. And check out uh check out Nathaniel's music. Did you hear that? Did you hear the end of the last podcast? Did you you that, should go back and listen. Did you hear that? Did you hear that tasty lick? Right. That banger. Dude. That banger. You should go back and watch it right now. Just for that part. Watch it. Yeah. Like, look at the song. Watch the screen as it plays. <laughs> Watch the screen as Watch it plays, it. and there's no... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's kind of a still audio form. Anyway, thanks well, for joining us. Thank Good you, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> dude, I dude, I identify with Ron so much. Oh. It's like if I feel like people are getting chummy with me, I like to call them by their wrong name to let them know I really don't care. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, yeah. sitting with April and she's yeah. like that's good. He, she's like, like, John, good, she's like good, good one, good one, George. Oh yeah, good one. Yeah, good one, Lester. And he just kind of smiles in approval, like yes. I love their friendship. It's just like a, yeah, the mutual hatred of everything. Yeah, I especially. I, I, I think my other, nurse. I think I think my other favorite line of his is, "Dear frozen yogurt, <laughs> be ice cream <laughs> or, or be, be nothing. nothing. Yeah. You are the oh, celery desserts, <laughs> or." I think this is my all-time favorite one, where he's he um, he's at the hospital getting a checkup because he's because he's sick, and she goes through his his history and yeah. it's like, are you allergic to anything? Cowardice and weak men, and hazelnuts. Yeah, <laughs> hazelnuts. It's, it's like, like sexual history, epic and, and private. <laughs> epic and private. Um, oh, <laughs> it's like it's like how many um, how many drinks of alcohol do you consume a week? One, one, Shut one drink. Up. One what shelf. shelf. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting checked up. He puts the tongue depressor. Oh, balsa wood. Could have at least used mahogany. It's like no. there's something in your ear, sawdust blow. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's like, it's a, you, do you have any exercise? Um, love making and woodworking. <laughs> That's like everything that's said in that scene. I, I love, when I love. Tammy shows up and he, he gets his little survival backpack. And he's just like, I hit on the ceiling. And yeah, yeah, just yeah. Like, <laughs> I hit. Away. What was it? I hit thirty ounces of bacon in the ceiling. I'm not gonna tell you where, but it's in my office. Oh, it's a, oh. that's that's a separate oh, yeah, the, part where yeah, it's the, like and then they yeah, go yeah. on their hike. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I have some bacon. I ate it already. I smelled it. I smelled it as I was as I was Wrong. parking in your car. And it's but, like, and now it's gone. And I hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> there's this other there's this other like scene with bacon where he like talks about hiding it, and he's like, no one will ever find it. <laughs> like, yeah. When everyone leaves, he like gets up and like reaches out of the ceiling. He's like, and he's like, I knew no one would find it. <laughs>